So this evening, we're going to look at uh, the watchman in Isaiah chapter 21 and verse number 6. Isaiah 21 and verse number 6. For thus hath the Lord said unto me, Go set a watchman, let him declare what he seeth. And he saw a chariot with a couple of horsemen, a chariot of asses, a chariot of camels. He hearkened diligently with much heed, and he cried, A lion, my Lord, I stand continually upon the watchtower in the daytime, and set in my ward whole nights. And behold, here cometh a chariot of men and a couple of horsemen. And he answered and said, Babylon is fallen, is fallen. And all the graven images of her gods he hath broken unto the ground. O oh, my threshing and the corn of, uh, of my floor, that which I have heard of the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, have I declared unto you. The, burn, uh, the burden of Durham he called to me, called unto me, Sarah, watchman. What of the night? Watchman. What of the night? And the watchman said, The morning cometh, and also the night. If you will inquire, inquire ye. Return. Come. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for another opportunity to be in your house. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace that we heard of in the songs this evening and your mercy. Now, Lord, I pray you encourage us, Lord, to be watchmen and women, Lord, to stand for truth. Lord, I pray you be with us now in a special way. In Jesus' name, amen. So this event uh, took place that is mentioned in this scripture in 689 B.C. The ancient world in the Middle East was in turmoil. Hezekiah is the king of Jerusalem of Israel, Judah. And that Babylonian Empire is under attack by the Assyrians. Uh, the Assyrian Empire, everybody is rooting for Babylon. Every small country, every municipality, if anyone was going to vote for who they wanted to see win this battle, it was Babylon. Because everyone hated the Assyrians. The Assyrians were not into assimilation. They were definitely involved with total destruction. Uh, that that was their game, all right. And they were wicked, they were cruel, uh, and everybody was rooting for Babylon to win. But Babylon did not win; it lost. And you can find that in secular history. You can find it on Wikipedia. I went and checked myself to see what they said, and it's true. Uh, that part of Wikipedia is true anyway. Uh, and uh, they talk about how uh, Syrians hated the Babylonians and did everything they could to destroy them, and they did beat them at this time. Uh, so against that backdrop of war. And so if the Syrians beat the Babylonians, the Babylonians were really the only guys left to stand against the Syrians. The Syrians were going to be coming to Jerusalem. You know, so that's the backdrop here. And Isaiah is looking forward and he's, he's encouraging uh, Israel and Jerusalem, uh, you know, hey, look to the watchman. What's the watchman going to say? And, and this message is quite old, right? It's, we're a long way from uh, 689 B.C., but 2,700 years ago if not longer. Uh, and so the reality is the, the raging of conflicts has not stopped since that battle with Syria and the Babylonians. Uh, there's thousands of people being affected, killed by terrorist attacks, disasters, the horrors of war. And that's not to mention the tsunami of sin. Okay, It's just all around us. And unfortunately, in churches today, we see 
the lowering of truth, the lowering of the flags of conviction, uh, and things of that nature. And uh, we, we see, in a great way, the wind of change blowing. Actually, I don't even like the word blowing anymore. It's a gale force wind. Uh, I don't know. Today, I was driving home. Okay, so, so I'm from Newfoundland. This was not really a windy day. I can tell you right now, this is not that windy. This is a breeze, okay, uh, from where I'm from. I understand if you're not used to it. I mean, I understand. Around here, it's pretty windy. Uh, I was listening to 680 for the weather, and they're like, it is so bad out there today. I'm like, what? And they're like, there was a wind gust at Toronto Airport of 60 kilometers an hour. I'm like, so? You know, big deal. Uh, and and uh, I understand the trees came down. It's not a big deal for those people who've lost anything. I understand. Uh, but in our day and age, it's a blowing gale of change. It's not just a little wind anymore. It's just full on. Everything is up for change. Everything. And we need to be reminded just in, in Isaiah's day, he talks about the role of the watchman. And boy, we need watchmen and women today. Just to watch, uh, to tell us what's approaching. That's what the watchman, we're going to look a little bit at him in a moment, uh, because the enemy desires some things. The enemy desires failure. As individual believers, if we know Jesus Christ as Savior, uh, the Lord <coughs> has us in His hand. Amen? We know Him as Savior. We can never be lost. No one can remove us. We are in His almighty hand. We are safe and secure. So the enemy cannot take that away from us. But he'll do everything in his power to see us fail for Jesus. He'll do everything in his power to see uh, churches uh, you know, on the rocks of failure as well. So I think there's some things we definitely can learn from the watchmen. <coughs> in, in ancient days, those who lived in walled cities were considered blessed individuals. You know, if you lived in the wall city, you were a blessed individual. And there was a couple of reasons. One, the wall. So it protected you from raiders. If you lived in an outlying village with no wall, you never know when some uh, group of thugs would come through town and take what they want. There's no way of protecting yourself. So the wall was protection. Uh, and they were... That were formidable. We think of Joshua and the city of Jericho, right? And, jo- and Joshua uh, 6.1. They were massive walls. Massive. They, that, that was a protection of itself. The second form of protection of those walls was the watchman that was on the wall. And he's mentioned in our scripture here this evening. We're going to look at a little bit at that. So he stood on that wall watching out. That was, he was, that was part of the function of the wall, that watchman being there. And he stood out there and he, he looked at the surroundings. He looked at the country that was out there. And he knew it. So he spent a lot of time out there looking. Uh, isn't it amazing? Uh, I don't know if you ever realized this. Maybe you've gone home after a while. You've been away. You came back to something familiar. And you noticed something different. Right? I mean, I, I've, I've gone away on a trip. Uh, maybe uh, gone to a conference or maybe went on vacation. Then I came home. And they put a new curb in. I noticed it. Not because it was done wrong. It was just something different. The color, the texture was different, whatever the case. This watchman's job was to constantly look out, outside the wall, looking, looking. So if there was any kind of disturbance, he noticed it. 
You know, the idea is that he knew what was going on. He, he knew the countryside around him. And so when he saw maybe the dust of feet coming up from armies as they were traveling, it's not like today in mechanicized world like we have today, where they, they come up in trucks and stuff. No, this is all by foot or by horse, and dust would definitely come up. Uh, so he would see it. He would tell people. The wall was great, but without a watchman, the people were still blind, weren't they? The wall was great. I mean, you could be walking around in there, but if there was no watchman, the enemy could be all outside by the gate waiting for it to open and rush on in. The watchman was essential, and he was doing his job. And obviously, the most important part of the watchman's mission was to watch. Stand in the tower and watch. Now, that right now sounds kind of exciting, but imagine doing that for hours every day. I mean, it wouldn't be as exciting as when you get the first job promotion. You are now a watchman on the wall. Woo! You know, I don't know if they got paid better or anything. I don't know anything of that nature, but let's just assume they did. Yeah! I got a job in promotion. I got to stand on that wall for eight hours and just watch. It'd be easy to get distracted, wouldn't you think? Because all the, all the fun stuff has happened behind you, right, in the city. Maybe the sound of the market. Uh, maybe a friend's calling out to you, whatever the case, but his eyes were to be standing out. And there's a whole different message there about being distracted as a watchman. But he's to be there watching, making sure no one's sneaking in, watching out again for those hordes that may be coming to him. So into the city, his eyes were open. He was to watch. To watch. And then he was to warn and watch him warn. And when he saw something approaching that was, that he assessed as danger, as a threat, he was to report that to the people. I'm sure he had a higher ups, but he was to announce it that trouble was in the distance. And he would lift his voice. Maybe there was a bell he would ring so many times. Uh, I mean, there's different cultures that use different things for warning the residents of the city. When the trouble came close, he would do that. And so then the people who were outside the city, they heard the bells, the trumpets, and they could access then the city wall and get inside and be protected from the horde or whatever was coming. So they would find refuge. Uh, Isaiah, uh, this is found in Isaiah 58.1, Cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. They would cry out, the trumpet would be blown. Uh, and uh, in a Hosea 8.1 it says, Set the trumpet to thy mouth. So the trumpet was definitely part of warning people what was coming. You know, a blast. You know, today we're going to make this application, because this is an application is that we need people who would be discerning of God's Word. There's just way too many people getting confused and pulled into some crazy theological thoughts. We just need people to be discerned of God's Word. Get in it and know it. We desperately need people who know the enemy. And the enemy is Satan and, and those opposed to the Word of God. And there's no way we're going to know every enemy and everything he does wrong The most important thing we need to know is the truth. Because we can put the truth against whatever is coming or whatever we hear, and if it doesn't match the truth, then it is error. I don't want to preach too much my next sermon. So anyway, uh, we need to watch out for that. And these people, uh, this watchman would be calling out when he saw it coming, and we need people today who will say, hey, we need to watch out for this. But this is something coming. And we see all kinds of pathways of, that are under attack today. 
that the enemy is doing everything it can to invade churches and lead them down the wrong path. Uh, want to change our Bible, our message. That's, that's taking place in too much of a rampant situation. Uh, it, it's sad to see. We need watchmen who will see and declare the truth. And declare it. You know, our homes are under attack. Uh, you understand the home and marriage is not a uh, thought process of man. It was instituted by God. Okay, this is God's plan. So anything that God's plan, you can be assured the enemy's going to go after. And he's after our families. He's after our children. He, he's he's after seeing uh, uh, you know couples break apart and and just to you know see total chaos. We see too much of that. Uh, God's been kicked out of our school system. He's been out of it for a long time. Uh, children and teens and young adults. Are taught. I mean, I don't I have not read every curriculum, uh, but I know that there is a, a leaning amongst the world uh, system that God's just a myth. He's just like other mythical individuals. They're told that a man evolved from a single amoeba in a primordial soup or whatever. I mean, I haven't read any evolutional books, but you know, it all happened with a big bang, which is totally crazy. If God can be marginalized and children taught that he does not exist or he maybe did, but it's kind of a myth. If they believe that and they believe that they're the result of evolution, so there's no rules. No, God. I don't have to give account for anything. I'll do what I want. We're no, we're animals. Right? That's the evolutionary thought process. I mean, that's just one thing about, uh, that's being taught to our children. There's other things as well. Uh, but the idea is that we need to be, we need to inform our kids the truth. Amen? Uh, we need to do that. Uh, and just in our own community as well. You know, people outside the walls of this church. Uh, I do think people think about after this life. I do think that. I've, I've met enough people to think that they, most people think about it. We live in a very busy culture. That helps you not to think about it though. Oh, yeah. It's, I'm telling you right now, there's a different mindset uh, than when you're going on a fishing boat all day long and you're, you're putting the fish in and you've you got to sail out an hour. There's no Wi-Fi out there, folks. All right? There's no way of updating your social media. Oh, I am 15 kilometers from shore now. Blah, blah, blah. You know, the quietness. God uses us quiet times. We live in such fast-paced society. Run here, run here, run here. Don't think, don't think. Just do this, do this, do this. You know, I do think people think about it when they get the chance, but a lot of folks just, you know, the cry of the world is so much louder than the still small voice of the Lord. And they need Jesus Christ. We need watchmen in our day. In verses uh, 7 to 10, uh, the watchman and his method. So he, he's vigilant. He's watching out there. In verse number 7, he saw. So that idea that he's diligently heeding, he's watching. This is not like, uh, this is a nice part-time gig here. You know, I kind of like it. Now, this is serious. He's the first line of defense for the whole city. He's got a very important position. And it's not some sort of position. The responsibility is massive. And he took good care, a great care in watching. 
and noting everything he saw. In verse 8, I don't know how many times I've read this portion of Scripture myself. I didn't really think about this until this week, or studied it out, I should say. He said, and he cried, I lie in my Lord. So he's referring to what he's doing as he's a lion for Judah. He's, he's watching out. Now, I did not know that this week that lions have very short eyelids. That's because I probably never got close enough to a lion to figure that out. All right. They have very short eyelids. So even when they're asleep, they have the appearance that they're open and they're watching. Now, the idea here is that he is always watching. I'm like a lion. My eyes are always open. Lord, like I'm watching out. I'm looking out. He tells him that he's in his place both day and night. He didn't leave his post. He was there. He's watching, keeping watch over the city. And he's a great, he's a great example to us this evening. Because our adversary, you know, he's a roaring lion. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. So sober means to be calm. Uh, sober, yeah, be calm and collected in spirit. Uh, some, sometimes <clears throat> we see something wrong and the first thing we do is have a meltdown. <laughs> so we react. And I just understand there's times we need to make, make, I mean, you see the kid running for the street, right? You're like, stop! Now, my voice is not what it should be tonight, but I've said that my kids are hopping along to something and I yell and I got a pretty big voice. And they're like, you know, type of thing. Uh, so I understand there's times when we gotta, you know, use our voice to stop situation, whatever. But the idea here is that we're remaining calm. This isn't God in control. It's not all about what we'll say is that we need to be Calm in the spirit and collected in the spirit. Hey, Lord, help me take care of this. I'm watching. Lord, give me the wisdom to take care of it. And that word vigilant means to be watchful. I'm just watching. The idea here is a watchman. They don't get caught up with all the excitement of the times. They're just, they're watching. They're watching. Now, this one might be yowling about this and this one's saying this, but he's watching. He's watching. And then when he knows there's something against the truth or when he sees that, Problem, he's like, there's the problem. There's the problem. And he confronts it. He takes care of it. He sees that trouble on the horizon. He tells who he needs to tell. You know, I know our world is changing rapidly around us. And, and we don't want to give any glory to our enemy, but, you know, Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Marvel not. Don't wonder. It's not a wonder that he can do that. He's slippery. He's deceitful. He's good at ambushes. He knows how to set a trap. So therefore, keep your eyes on him, on the Lord Jesus Christ, not on Him. And we need to make sure that we don't give any kind of foothold in our personal lives, in our home, in our church, uh, to the devil. Uh, Ephesians 4.27 says, Neither give place to the devil. That's pretty simple. I like those simple things. That's what it is. He's vigorous when he's in his warnings. When the watchman said there's trouble approaching, he didn't uh, keep the message to himself. He's like, mm, I don't think I'll tell anyone today that there's an army coming over the hill. You know, that'll scare everybody. 
you know, I won't get my supper on time. You know, it'll really ruin my evening date. Or whatever the case. No, he told people. And I don't think he did it with a, uh, hey, there's someone coming. I don't, it's not good. No, I think it was with, there is trouble on the horizon. It was clear, it was Chris. He was not reacting. It wasn't a total emotional thing. He wasn't all over the place. He gave it forthright. It's very important in leadership uh, to be under control. Amen? Uh, I've, I've worked with people as who are who have been my bosses more in the secular world than in the Christian world and the church work. And, uh, man, they fly off the handle with every little thing. It's like, forget it. I'm not talking to you anymore. I'm trying to figure it out on my own. I, maybe it wasn't always a good response on my part, but it's just like, leave me here. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, the, the watchman was like, hey, there's trouble. Sets up. Get it set up. Let's get the gates closed. We have protocol. Let's get it done. Let's take care of it. He wasn't up there. Oh, they're coming again. There was nothing like that. <laughs> Something hit someone's funny bone there. Uh, uh, but the reality is, no, he said, this is what needs to happen. Let's get it done. All right, let's get it done. And that's a, that's a lesson for us as well. We see the enemy. Hey, our God is greater than the enemy. Amen? Every day of the year, he is greater. For eternity, he's greater. I mean, I definitely don't like what the enemy's doing. Absolutely not. Uh, but I can trust him. I can trust him to watch out for my home and for our church and, and for my own life. I can trust him. But we have a responsibility to warn. Responsibility. You know, and some would say, well, what's the use? No one's listening anyway. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people who are not listening. I understand. I, I, I can get that. I can understand the, uh, the cynic who says, who cares? No one's listening anyway. You know, and, you know, uh, it sounds like a plug for me, but it's, it's in the Bible too, so it's not really a plug for me. But you pray for your pastor. Because sometimes I can become cynical too. I don't want to be. You know, what's the use? You're not listening. I'm not referring to you in particular individuals, but sometimes you can get that way. You know, no, it needs to be said. You know why it needs to be said? Because at one day I will give an account and you will give an account for what you have done. That's not a real popular message today. But it's true. We stand before Christ and give an account for all we've done. So let's make sure we don't, uh, we see the enemy's signals, he's on the move. Let's, let's make sure we declare it and we say, hey, this is the problem. Uh, verses 11 and 12, <clears throat> uh, the message that the, the uh, watchman gives. So these verses actually have to do with a prophecy against the people of Edom in verses 11 and 12. That's the idea of burden of Durham. And he calls out to me of Syrah. That's a reference to Edom. Uh, and they're approached as someone who, uh, uh, pictured, sorry, as someone who approaches the wall. And he yells up to the watchman. And he, and he says, watchman, what of the night? Watchman, what of the night? Now, different scholars, you know, guys who write commentaries and things, some think that this was a question uh, uh, of a careless heart. They believe that this person is a, it's a voice of sarcasm. Uh, the questioner not, not really caring if he receives an answer or not. Just does it just to do something. It just be sarcastic. It, it might be. I, I, I'm not going to 
It might be. It may, maybe a question, another uh, guy who says, a question born of content. The, they're asking the watchman, it's almost like, I know what you think. I know what you're going to say. I don't believe a word of it. And I won't heed your warning. Now, I, I do think there's a lot of that today in our world. And, of course, it could be a question of a concerned heart. I and mean, watchman, tell me what's happening. Like, just being sincere, what's happening? When, when, what, what, what's going on? What of the night? Now, regardless of the heart that gave birth to this question, the watchman answers in a threefold way, and uh, they're, they're good. It's a, it's a great message, even a great, great application for us. Uh, uh, he says in verse 12, the watchman said, the morning cometh. And so he's speaking of the dawn. Now, I think enough of us here go to work early enough to get into Toronto that we have seen the dawn before. Who's seen the dawn before? All right. yeah, a few of us. And for you, those who have not, it's a wonderful time, okay? <laughs> it's just to see that sun starting to come up. It's like, ah, new day. I'll be honest, that's when I get most of my work done is in the morning. I love the mornings. And he sounds out a glad note. The morning cometh. The night is nearly spent. The dawn is about to break. See, the night would have been the most frightening time to be on the wall as a watchman. You know, you can't see what's going on. You mean, I mean, in the daytime, when the sun is up and you've got a clear sky, I mean, you can see as far as the eye can see. I mean, maybe miles, depending on where uh, the city is situated, usually on hills, right? You didn't put a city in a valley. You put it on a hill. So you could see the furthest out. I mean, you could see uh, dust rising miles and miles away. No problem. Oh, but in the night, you could never see any dust rising. I mean, you might use a torch or something, but I mean, how far can that go, right? It's not very far. This is the chance when the enemy could sneak in for attack and you wouldn't know until it's too late. Daytime, any was exposed. He was no problem to see. And that brought, the dawn brought comfort to the hearts of the people of the city. And I guarantee it brought relief to the watchmen. Oh, whew. That's good. We made it. No worries. We're good. Now, I'm glad to tell you there's a morning coming. Amen. There's a morning coming. I'm brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. We are going to heaven. And I'm really voting for the rapture. <laughs> uh, I, that's what I really hope. I think it's going to happen. And I don't believe that we'll go through any tribulation. I think it'll happen before the tribulation takes place. There's a lot of false teaching going on about that right now. A lot. And I see from Scripture what we believe here in our church. The rapture takes place and then the tribulation begins. Because there's a time then when God's dealing with Israel. And those who are wicked. Alright, the church is out of here. I'm looking forward to that. That's exciting. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 4.16 For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain, that's the portion I want to be in, uh, shall be caught up together with Him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Amen. That's what I'm looking forward to. You know, the last words uh, in Revelation that, uh, from the Lord is, Surely I come quickly. Revelation 22, uh, 22, verse 20. Keep on keeping on. It may be dark right now. But morning is going to break. 
There's nothing that the enemy can do about that. There's nothing that those who oppose God can do. And we're going to leave here. We're going to leave. And thank God for it, that we have a wonderful place called heaven for eternity. So it speaks of the morning. It speaks of, it speaks of rejoicing. He speaks of doom as well. He says, the morning cometh and also the night. He's excited that the, the morning is here. It's springing forth. But the night's coming back again. It's going to come back again. For the people of God, there's a bright and happy morning on the horizon. But for the lost, there's nothing but eternal separation from God in a place called hell. Uh, things look up for God's people. They don't look good for those who do not know Jesus Christ as Savior. John 3.36, Ephesians 2.13, Hebrews 10.31 says, It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Hebrews 12.29 says, For our God is a consuming fire. Oh, I'm, I'm so glad I don't have to worry about the doom. Amen? I know Jesus Christ is my Savior. That is not a concern to me, but there's a whole lot of people outside these walls who need to know about that. It's a whole host who need to know. And then this last part of the verse, If ye will inquire, inquire ye, return, come. The watchman tells those who hear him to inquire, return and come. He's calling them to come, come back. You know, it's application here for us to come back to God. Come. Aren't you so glad that God's arms are wide open? Doesn't matter where you're from. Doesn't matter what you've been, been doing. He's there. I'll, I'll take you back. But come on back to me. Or maybe you've never come to Jesus Christ in the beginning. Come to me for the first time. And maybe as individual Christians, we are off tra- track, off target. He said, come on back. It speaks of decision. You need to make a decision. There's great danger in the horizon. There's a time to take, make a change, make a choice. It's now. And, and, and for application's sake, for us this evening, it's to return to God. Return to God. Uh, that message needs to be spoken today. Amen? It needs to be spoken to believers. Believers need to get back to God. And it needs to be spoken to those who are lost outside the walls of the church as such, uh, who are doing their own thing, going their own way. They need to hear about Jesus Christ. And there's a choice. And the choice is always going to be up to you. You choose it or not. What are you going to choose? This is the truth. You know, I don't think I have to tell the folks who are gathered here this evening that danger is in the horizon. We, we know the Bible. I hope you do. If you don't, get in it. Get in the Bible. This, is, um, this book is not as betrayed by the world. It's not a dusty old book that has no relevance today. This book is alive. Get in it and see what it says. Get in it and apply it to your heart and life. Danger looms on the horizon, but there's still hope. There's still hope. I'm so glad that people still can get saved. I'd like to see a lot more people get saved, to be really honest with you. But I'm sure glad people still are. I mean, let's see even more. He's still changing lives. He's still receiving all those who would come to Him by faith. And He's still uh, 
the child who walks away from him not doing as they should, he's still there with arms wide open. Come on back. Let's get back on track. Let's get where we need to be. I'm so glad that there's hope in Jesus. I'm so glad for individuals who stand for truth, who are watchmen and women, and declare it with love and courage and determination. Uh, could you imagine being on that wall? Because sometimes I feel this happens uh, with pastors and teachers and people who are concerned for the truth. Imagine being on the wall and you're like, the enemy is coming! The enemy is coming! And everybody in town is still buying their apples and oranges. Yeah, so what if the enemy's coming? Can you, can you make, can you put, picture that in your mind? Walled city, the watchman is declaring there's trouble coming, and people are still doing their own thing. Who cares? Just doing their own thing. Oh no, the, the watchman declares it because he, it's a responsibility. And those who hear it would be wise to heed it. Now, he's doing this for our good. This is his responsibility. Let's make sure we're following what God will have for us to do. Dear Jesus, <coughs> Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for those watchmen and women in our lives who declare the truth. Help us all to stand for truth. Help us to be watchmen in our families, to our friends. Lord, just looking to you for guidance. Lord, I pray you encourage our hearts now. In Jesus' name, amen.